0: All right. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is Dr. Nicole Bramwell and uh, LaVonda Johnson. We are on here for Mr. Tony Fleming's Saturday Morning Book Club. Welcome, welcome, everyone. So uh, we do this every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the book of the moment. Um, because we spend longer, way longer than a month <laughs> on on our books and digging in. And so um, Ms. Lavonda Johnson and myself are sitting in as Mr. Fleming is traveling. But um, we welcome you to this call. So the call-in number is 712-432-0075, 783-357. And we have a replay number. And this replay actually will be up until Monday morning. So the replay number is 712-432-1085. And the same pin code, 783-357-POWND. right. So, and you can also find this recording on uh, about 16 podcast platforms, uh, Breaker, Spotify. And a whole bunch others. All you have to do is put in Tony Fleming and put in mindset, and then it will uh, bring up uh, the call. And then if you need further assistance, um, (laughs) then we can certainly help you um, get to that. You can actually, um, Lavanda. Do you have let me
1: see text number? I do not have those handy. Sorry, I'm coming. I'm bringing it up. Uh,
0: and then, if you need further assistance, you can uh, dial 678-644-4541, and um, Mr. Fleming can certainly send you the link, and that will take you straight to the um, the podcast, so that you don't have to think about it if you're a little bit challenged with that. All right, so. We are actually going to get started. Um, and so uh, uh, Ms. Lavonda Johnson is going to uh, do reading, and then uh, we will discuss, and I'll do another uh, set of reading. So Ms. Lavonda Johnson, you ready?
1: I'm ready. All right. Good morning, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for joining us this morning. So this has been a a slow read for me, Um, I think because it brings up so much emotion. The other books have brought up emotion, but this one brings up emotions for me in a different way, so I've read it at a slower pace, but that's okay. So I want to continue talking about vulnerability. I don't remember um, us talking about this before, but I'm on page 87. And the title of this section is Daring Leadership setting boundaries, and finding real comfort. And I'm going to start in the middle of the page. It says, bottom line, like most of you, I wasn't raised with skills and emotional practice needed to rumble with vulnerability. So I resorted to numbing. Over time, I basically became in anything and, anything and everything to take the edge off alcoholics. But there are no specific programs for that. So I cobbled together a plan of meetings, a great therapist, and new spiritual practice that worked for me. In the end, the cure for numbing is developing tools and practices that allow you to lean into discomfort and renew your spirit. First, when we're feeling at that edge, instead of asking ourselves, what's the quickest way to make these feelings go away? Ask, what are these feelings and where did they come from? The second thing, figure out what brings you real comfort and renewal, not just numbing. We deserve real comfort. The author Jennifer Luden calls our numbing devices shadow comfort. When we're anxious, disconnected, vulnerable, alone, and feeling helpless, booze and food and work and binge-watching endless hours of TV feel like comfort. But in reality, they're only casting their lone shadows over our lives. Luden writes, shadow comforts can take any form. It's not what you do. It's why you do it that makes a difference. So I want to stop there and talk about um, what she's describing. What she's describing is what I call um, avoidance. You know, emotions can make us feel uncomfortable in so many ways. And I think about my childhood. I don't remember being taught how to feel or what to do with my feelings. In fact, what I remember most is pretty much not being able to have emotions or being told I couldn't have emotions, you know, like being angry or upset if I got in trouble for something that happened at school, you know. I really wasn't allowed to express myself. So I think we all grow up developing unhealthy ways of coping or what she calls numbing with uncomfortable feelings, you know, and that can – play itself out in different ways. For her, she became an alcoholic, you know, over the last year or so, I've been going through my closet, and I've got two or three of the same shirt, two or three of the same pair of shoes or similar shoes, and all these different things around my house that I've been getting rid of, and what I realized is, for me, it was shopping, which shocked me because I'm not a shopper. I'm not somebody that's really into fashion, but, you know, when I got bored, That's what I would do. I would go to these places or get online and start shopping. And I think for so many people, we never stop to think about why we're doing the things we're doing. It's hard to think about our thoughts. And to me, it's even harder to think about our behavior behind the thoughts. But I really had to stop and think about uh, what was causing the behavior of the shopping. when I realized I had all that extra stuff in my closet. But it's difficult to face those emotions. Um, I use something with my patients. Um, I'm a therapist um, by trade. Um, One thing I use is a thought journal, and that's where you actually write down what you're thinking about, and that will help you um, deal with your feelings and address your emotions if you don't have someone to talk to. It's better to have someone to talk to, but everybody doesn't have that option. So you can always use like a thought journal or a thought record to kind of track your thoughts. If you find yourself feeling a certain way, um, look back and see what you're thinking about that particular day. I'm sure it has something to do with some form of negative emotion and we're trying to numb ourselves in some way to prevent from feeling those feelings. Yeah,
0: I um, yeah, I actually uh, you know, agree with you. I think um, you know, looking back I think over the last maybe maybe about last three to five years I've actually been I've been learning um, relearning how to not um, you know ignore your feelings, but just uh, just like you like in order to get your stuff done and all of that, you learn to I, I call it stuffing your feelings. You just keep pushing them back. You keep pushing them back or pushing them down. Um, but when something really, really traumatic happens sooner or later, you can't stuff it down anymore. You can't you can't use the energy to keep it stuffed down, and that stuff bubbles up really, really uh, badly, and so that's what happened to me, and I had to learn how to cope better and not just stuff things uh, down. I had to feel those emotions, and I think that that's really an important part of what you said, and what uh, Brene is talking about, is you need to feel the feelings, you need to figure out where they're coming from, you need to become more aware of, of why you're having those feelings, and then why it takes you to the action that it takes you to so my choice um, previously would have been um, sleep actually i would go and sleep um and I, i wouldn't say that i slept a lot but i slept more than i would have normally um you know in order to deal with those feelings um blocking them out they don't go away when you wake up they're still there um but definitely stuffing has been my, my pattern over, over time, and I think I, I learned that from, um, you know, from patterning after my mom. You know, in order to take care of two kids, you know, by herself, she, she pushed her feelings away, and she showed some, but most of the time they were pushed away so that she could accomplish what she needed to accomplish, get the basic things done. And so I think a lot of us do that. Um, And it doesn't help you because later on, sooner or later, something is going to make those feelings just overflow and um, you don't know what to do with them because then they come rushing at you all at once. And I think that that, it's debilitating and I know when it happened to me it was paralyzing Um, and I really did have to do something about it. Um, I got counseling. Um, you know, and I did some other things, learned to meditate more and be more purposeful and intentional about that and all of that. But, um, you know, and still now reading this book, this is pointing out some other things that that way of coping didn't totally go away. I do something different now. I'll do more work. <laughs> um, so I'll work more, which is not necessarily always the best way to do that either, because just like she said, you know, it's why you're doing it. Why are you doing that? What's pushing you to do that? Um, and so you still have to be aware of yourself and then, um, you know, investigate that whole point of vulnerability and, and, and get through, work through it rather than working around it or past it. Um, so those are my uh, feelings about that.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, also I think with my religious religious beliefs and my faith, I have the tendency to uh, put on this front or this faith, you know, that everything's going to be all right because I feel like if I don't, then does that mean I don't have that trust and that faith in God, you know, that I say that I have? And I had to realize through my relationship with him that that's not the case. Um, It doesn't mean that you don't have that faith and that trust. Um, and it's okay to have moments of uncertainty um, and uncomfortable feelings and doubt. You know, that's a part of being a human. We're human beings. We're not robots. You know, I think sometimes we try so hard to act like everything's okay, but we're not designed to to be that way. We are designed to feel. And I think the more you numb, and she even talks about that, in fact, you know, the more you numb, not only do you present, prevent yourself from feeling the good feelings, I mean the bad feelings. You prevent yourself from feeling the good feelings because you just become numb to everything. If it, it numbing works, if you get to a point where you really feel that, feel that, and there are people that are really feel that numbing, and, and they don't feel anything, you know, joy or sadness, frustration. I mean nothing. And that's a tough spot to be in. And then, like you said, it, when it does come up, it's overwhelming, and it's, and it's almost impossible to figure out what to do with that. I and mean, you really. I Need mean, he help most of the time to unpack all that stuff you passed away for so long.
0: Absolutely, and it's still being unpacked from my side. Let me tell you. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. You know, you talk about work. Um, I, I think I for the last year during COVID, you know, I focused on my business, and I think that was a great thing. I think that was a good thing to do to focus my energy and attention on. But at the same time. I didn't realize that I didn't deal with the circumstances around us, you know, all the things that were happening to people around me, not, you know, necessarily me or anybody that I was connected to. But the world that we live in now has changed, you know, and I, I didn't deal with that. You know, I focused on my business and work and keeping myself and my family safe, but the emotions behind that I, I guess I let it sit there. And now, you know, even though in some ways things are getting better, I'm dealing with the effects of the pandemic, you know, that a lot of people were dealing with last year. I'm dealing with this year, you know, the feeling isolated and, you know, what's going to happen next, you know, the anxiety, you know, is it coming back and all those kinds of things. I don't remember feeling like that last year, but it's because I poured myself so much into my business activity, you know, my affirmations and reading my books and things like that. I really did not have a lot of idle time at all. I made sure I did, Um, but I should have taken a little bit more time to stop and think about what I was feeling and what was happening around me.
0: And, again, I think that that's a good point is that it it, it will eventually come up and we do have to find some type of balance, um, you know, between those things. And um, definitely, you know, like you mentioned, like in reference to our business, you know, dealing with people. So if we withdraw from what was going around, and I have to be careful about this because I'm—I I don't watch the news. <laughs> I could go and not <laughs> know what's going on because I don't watch the news because it actually takes a lot of excuse <clears throat> me energy for me to watch like all that negative stuff. So I really literally uh, purposely don't watch it. Um, but it can leave you out of touch, and so I have to be careful about um, placing some. Some balance there and just at least knowing what's happening uh, around me and, um, you know, not living in some, you know, cocoon or something, um, not knowing what's, what's going on. And so that's challenging. Um, and you can get, like you, I, you know, now I, you know, pour myself into my business. I, you know, I, I work my business pretty hard. Um, but... If we're going if we do our business, our business is relating to people, and if we don't know what's going on and different things, actually that can make our relationship building not so good, which is actually going to hurt our business and anything else that we do, you know um, you know moving forward. So you really do have to have some balance. I agree with you though, finding other things you know to you know read and listen to different things and do um, affirmations. But at the same time, we have to stay in touch and figure out a way to stay in touch that is, um, you know, realistic and um, allows us to be so um, compassionate and uh, empathetic and be able to talk to people um, and relate to people. So because... A lot – everyone else is probably dealing with some of the things that we may push aside or not want to deal with, and so then how do we relate to people and, and build our business? You know, that's not the only reason, but it will hurt every aspect of, um, of your life eventually. It may just eat away at it slowly, and you not notice it if you're not um, staying aware so, um, you know, that's, I think that that's really, really important. I, I like that you um, brought this up about setting those boundaries because it's not just boundaries for other people. It's also boundaries for yourself um, of what you're doing and finding out what really gives you true comfort and, um, you, know, uh, you know, just it, always staying aware of that because I think that's something that we all probably continue. I mean, if we grew up and we spent most of our adult life dealing with it the way that we dealt with it, then that means that we have to keep working at it now in order for it to stick in any way, um, the new way of dealing with things and uh, being in tune with our feelings and actually dealing with them. So.
1: Wow. I'm glad you mentioned that about being able to relate to people because that that's huge and I, I didn't see it that way. So I'm um, just like you, I avoid the news a lot of times, Um, but it does, prevent me from being able to relate to people and knowing what's going on around me. I don't want to, you know, surround myself with it or just bathe myself in it anymore because I was a big news watcher, and I realized that was creating a lot of anxiety, But uh, so I completely removed myself from it, but I need to do uh, due diligence and keep up with to a certain extent of what's going on. Um, I also wanted to read paragraph number three on page 88. She's still talking about mommy. So Brene Brown has done a lot of research and what she says is about numbing. What emerged from the data on numbing was exactly what Luden speaks to. It's not what you do, it's why you do it that makes the difference. The invitation is to think about the intentions behind our numbing choices and it's helpful to discuss these issues with family, close friends, or a helping professional. Comfort eating is a lifelong project for me but I still work the steps and keep the posters hanging in the church basement on my mind. One of my most important self-care behaviors is my daily walking routine. So one tangible thing I do to avoid numbing with food is to keep a Polaroid picture of my walking shoes in the pantry. Am I actually hungry or would a walk bring me more real comfort? So again, she's talking about real comfort. So many people use food. Um, for comfort, and I wanted to mention that um, because it's, it's it's important to get a handle on why you're eating. Because if you're, you know, you've had a meal, you know, you know you don't feel hungry. It's important to stop and think and ask yourself what it is that you really need. Some people eat when they're lonely. Some people eat when they're scared. But the bottom line is dealing with that emotion instead of numbing yourself or doing something unhealthy to comfort yourself, to feel better momentarily. And usually you feel bad later because you've overeaten. And most people don't want to overeat because of weight gain and different other things. So you've eaten and you've done something unhealthy and then you feel guilty about it. And I love the way she kind of reverses um, an unhealthy habit and turns it into a healthy habit by using walking and keeping a picture of her sneakers instead of using food to comfort herself. She actually uses exercise, which is not only healthy physically, but it also, as you know, I'm sure Dr. Brownwell, increases your serotonin levels in your brain. So you're going to actually feel good. It's going to increase those good feel-good emotions um, when you take a walk. So I love that she takes something unhealthy or that could be unhealthy, like eating or overeating, and then turns it into a healthy habit.
0: Yeah. Um, I will just say a, a word about that because I have seen some extremes in exercising <laughs> and um, <laughs> and working out. And so, again, I think you have to be aware of why you're doing, how you know, how long you're spending doing it and why you're spending that long doing it because I've had people say, yeah, I work out for like three hours. And I'm like, are you a personal trainer? You know, do you, is that what you're supposed to, you know, you spending three hours working out and they're just – that, that person is actually using that as numbing. And, um, and so I think, again, being aware and staying aware of why you're doing something and what emotions are coming up for you and what you're feeling becomes the, the really big part, and that's the part that people want to um, stay away from because in order to do that, you have to spend some time by yourself. You have to spend time by yourself actually investigating that, you know reading talking to somebody doing therapy which we know that you know from uh your profession that, that um you know people treat that as a as a stigma in our community a lot of times and um and so but those things become very very important in again okay now you're aware what are you going to do with that and um make sure that you're not going into excess um of, of any of those things, because um, I always say too much of anything is not good for you, even what we would consider good. Um, when it goes into extremes, you really have to um, look at that <clears throat> and see why that is. Um, so But definitely, rather than eating, um, overeating, definitely an, uh, a walk but, or exercise, but not, again, in excess. So, yes, too much of a good thing can be not so good for you. Um, So I wanted to make that so that somebody doesn't go to the next extreme and just replace, you know, one, you know, addiction or numbing thing for another um, and still not get done what they're supposed to be getting done. Because if you spend three hours exercising, I'm not sure you have the time that you should be spending doing something else, Um, like working on your business, maybe an hour and a half of that should have been working on your business and you spent it exercising. So you, you know, you didn't get done. And now you have that frustration of not working on your business, um, but you're going to intellectually say, well, I was exercising. So, you know, um, so I just kind of, I, I see that from my standpoint because I hear it a lot. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of share that um, you you can go to the other end of the, of the, you know, of the poll, um with anything, so um you definitely don't wanna do extreme um but again, you gotta stay aware and um and investigate and be curious about about what's happening with you and what you're feeling. I agree though, <laughs> so did you have anything else that was the uh end of um what you wanted to read? That was it. Okay. Um, I'll just – I'll actually read the end of that – the paragraph that ends that section on uh, 89, and it says, at work, um, and this is at work or wherever, at home, uh, we need to support healthy rumbles with vulnerability to respect boundaries and to practice calm in the uh, sea of anxiety. And when it comes to addiction, employers with successful employee assistance programs report improvements in morale and productivity and decreases in absenteeism, accidents, downtime, turnover, and theft. Employers with longstanding programs also report better health status among employees and family members. So that is what we were just uh, talking about is the – you know the the employee uh, employee assistance programs are where you can receive counseling. Those are provided from by your by your job, and if you work for yourself, then of course you need to find um, something on your own. But those are at your place of employment. So um, you know, and and I think a lot of times they're underused um, be, again because of the stigma that's um, related. And so one of the um, the alerts that I would notice when uh, someone was having trouble in a bad spot, experiencing, um, you know, depression or whatever with the people that I manage when I used to be in the hospital where I never go back and work again, but anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) that they would call in a lot. And we think, you know, that, oh, I can't believe it because it's it's pressure on you. If you have to take up the slack, this person is calling in. But that is something that's going on, so these things happen um, and and people get stuck, and then they stay out long so long sometimes that now it's hard to come back because now they've been been gone a lot, they know that somebody else is feeling some kind of way about it, and so it it just becomes a really bad cycle um, so being aware of those things for anyone, um, even in our business, if we know that somebody was you know um, really work in and, and what have you. And it gets tricky because you don't you don't want to become somebody's counselor but you do need to be aware so that you can redirect someone or something and just so show some compassion and empathy. But um, you know, if they all of a sudden disappear, you know, like what happens when I see somebody that was around and they're not around and maybe life just got busy and that's okay, but I think that we should um, you know, I think you know, that's the point to kind of check in, and that's another vulnerability spot because, again, you don't want to become somebody's counselor, but you do carry some compassion, and just calling and reaching out to somebody can uh, go a long way. So I know that, um, you know, and that's something that I have to put into balance because I am a whale, and so I love to help everybody. <laughs> I want to help everybody, um, and, you know, I have to set boundaries on that for myself um, so that I don't push myself to limits that that I have been in before, where i'll it'll be to my own detriment, so again, too much of a good thing is can also be not so good for you,
1: <laughs> so. wow, that's so important, and especially you're a double whale well. well, we both are double whales, well. our profession and our personalities are well, so you know we're in a helping field, so our nature is to help, our job is to help. But we also have to do a mental check-in and set the boundaries for ourselves um, when it comes to making sure that we're okay. Because if you're not okay, you're not going to be able to be that well and help people that you naturally want to do. And it's funny you mentioned the call-in thing. You know, I'm a therapist and I work at a hospital also. And one of the things that I noticed immediately when I started that, because I thought it was like the best job ever, everybody would call in so much. We have a habitual problem of people calling in. And and in this environment that people say that they want to be helpful, we have an EAP, and they try to say that verbally that they support you if you need to take time off and all that. But as you know, when you work at a hospital, you know, they schedule you patients and then it's balls to the walls, excuse my French, all from the moment you get there until the moment you leave. So there's not a lot of time to take a breath or to, you know, get yourself together. Or to go to a call you can say, hey, I'm not okay today. You know, there's no time for that. Sometimes you don't even get a lunch. But it's up to you to make sure. I kind of have those built-in off days. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I schedule myself off days periodically to make sure I have that time to recover. Um, but we have a very big problem with people calling in. They're, they're burnt out. They're tired. You know, they're exhausted, so. It's important that we know our boundaries and set them and stick to them as much as possible.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And so we have a
0: a text from Mr. Fleming. Mr. Fleming says, this whale, he's referring to himself, loves this book club and that uh, myself and you, Lavanda, are
1: great whales. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take it <laughs> as a compliment as well. <laughs> so
0: um, so I think we will uh, end on that note. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us on the book club as we stepped in for Mr. Tony Fleming. Uh, and thank you, uh, Ms. Lavanda, for reading. And those were really great points. You know, we could stay on – that was only like two pages. And we could stay right. there – you know, for like another half an hour, but we're not going to do that. Um, So you all have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the Mindset Call on Monday.
1: Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.